Welcome to the Sad Song Society podcast. Hey guys, Reeve here. So, I'm trying out a podcast. Um, don't know really what I'm doing or even if I'll ever do another one again. Um, but I had this idea because I wanted to try and create a way for those of you that are receiving puzzles from me to have a companion piece to go with it. Um, to sort of feel like we're puzzling together and having a conversation. So since you and I can't actually be in the same room, I got the help of my boyfriend who used to interview on radios and did, he was also a writer for music journals. And um, so we interviewed much more famous, like legit famous musicians. Um, so I got him to kind of interview me and uh, yeah. So I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. If you like it, if you hate it, you think if it's a waste of time, let me know what you think. All right, here goes nothing. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Reeve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. I wanted to ask you some questions while you're puzzling. Okay, but first, mm-hmm. what are you drinking? Iced tea, unsweetened iced tea with lemon. Okay. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a blueberry bye, or as I like to call it, a blueberry bye. Honey. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my when, second one of the day. Because you need caffeine. I do. Well, tell me about your puzzling. Which puzzle are you working on right now? I am working on a puzzle from Ebu. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's called Planet Earth. How many pieces? It's a thousand pieces. Mm. And it's a very pretty image. It has lots of aminoles all over it. And it says home sweet home. And it's got flowers. And Is it a photograph? No, it's art. Mm. It's an art puzzle. Do you prefer doing photographs or art? Art. Why? Um, because photographs are harder. <laughs> I like to do, like, hard puzzles that aren't, like, annoyingly hard. Well, describe the difference between an annoyingly hard puzzle and just a hard puzzle. Um, or a challenging puzzle. What right. makes a puzzle challenging for you? To me, a puzzle is challenging when, or I should say annoyingly challenging, when it's just tedious and not... Um, relaxing while being challenging okay <clears throat> as somebody that sense? no because okay. as somebody that doesn't do puzzles mm -hmm. i find the whole thing challenging and very tedious <laughs> the, uh, the from the time you open the box until the time that i get frustrated and close the box again so please for somebody that doesn't understand the relaxation aspect of puzzling right explain that I think for me, it's um, it has to have enough. Uh, like I have to be able to find pieces, at least within, you know, ten minutes. Otherwise, I'm, I'm just 
going a little bit crazy. Um, but the, you know, when you first start out, you don't want to start on a thousand piece puzzle. You want to start on an, an easy 150 or 300 piece puzzle because you're going to have more of those moments. And those moments not only feel good, but they also actually, actually create, I think it's dopamine. Is dopamine the one that gives you happy? Yeah. Like it's the same, same thing as like eating a piece of chocolate or. Is that serotonin or dopamine? I'm not sure. I don't know. But I understand what you mean. Yeah. So it's that same thing that like gives you the, and it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something, um, even though it's really not anything that's, you know. Well, it's obviously good for your brain. It's great for your brain. It's great for your memory. Um, it helped me a lot through my concussion. Um, and then... On top of that, you know, when you're sick or, like, I get, you know. Well, how long have you been puzzling? I, my family puzzled when I was a kid, um, although I just really enjoyed the border. That's the, really the only part that I liked as a kid, which is what I'm currently working on now. It's still my favorite part. Um... So and you've then, always, you've always, you were brought up in a puzzling family. Well, my grandparents, not really my mom <clears throat> and dad, but, um, it was my grandpa primarily. And every time we were at their house in Tennessee or on a family vacation or somewhere, we were working on a puzzle and we did a lot of photographs that were really challenging. They didn't used to make puzzles like this that were like paintings or, you know, it was like really hard photographs or um, landscapes that were maybe painted, but in a more classical type painting format. And so it's, um, you know, they're, they're challenging, especially for children. And we always did thousand piece puzzles, at least in my memory. I mean, I was a kid, so I might be wrong, but I don't. I don't ever remember not having like a full table. And we also, grandpa was one of those puzzlers that just put all the pieces out on the table at once. And I know that's like how a lot of people love to do it, but not me. <laughs> I like to strategize a bit more. I like to, you know, put, uh, put pull out all my edge pieces first and then pick out one color and just work on that one color or in this instance I'll probably pick out an animal and start with just looking for you know colors of that animal and then you build off of that yeah so um if there's a monkey I might just say oh I'll see find all the brown pieces that might go with that monkey and then so you uh, have to look through all 1500 pieces in order it's only to only a thousand. Oh, okay um but yeah, so after I do the edge pieces, I flip all the pieces upright. Right. In the um and I just kind of dig slowly layer by layer pulling out the pieces and I know it sounds tedious, but it is kind of meditative to do it slowly and it's again like it's not just about getting the puzzle together but also a bit of self-care. Um sounds very zen. It is very zen to me. I'm sure there are people that it would not be. But um, I think puzzling can be for anybody because it's helpful um, for your brain, like we talked about. <clears throat> but also it's, you know, it's something that 
it's not really a talent. It's just something that the more you do it, the better you start to see the things. It's right. more of a um, a honing than it is um, like something you have to be good at or not good at. Everybody has the capability of being quote unquote good at a puzzle. Goodness, well, it just seems very daunting and overwhelming to me. Even the small ones seem overwhelming to me. But I guess that's... uh, It's just like, there's no, like, there's no wrong way to do it, you know? You just, just gotta try. No wrong way to approach it, you mean. Right, yeah. I mean, there's ways that'll take you longer than others, but, um, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. You take a long time on your puzzle. What's the longest, speaking of that, what's the longest time that you have spent on a single puzzle? I've never counted, like, the actual time. I've had some that I've had to, as I say it, have to put in time out. Um, Well, I mean, come on, weeks, months, years? I mean, like, some of them have taken me months because I've put them in time out. Because I've gotten so frustrated with them. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular that my father got me kind of as a joke. Um... And it, it was a really cool picture by M.C. Escher. Uh, it's his self-portrait, I think is what it's oh, called. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and it took me... Oh, I just got so frustrated. I had to keep putting it away. Um, and even, like, you know, usually, like, when you get to a certain point, things just start kind of falling into place, you know? And that puzzle literally didn't happen until like the last maybe five pieces and even those I was still questioning are these the right and then also that one your mom gave me that one for how like it was like 150 pieces or something and it took me forever and I don't think it was (laughs) I'll only say this because I don't think she'll ever hear this it was so unenjoyable like the entire time it was just the worst puzzle all the pieces could fit anywhere and it was like two colors like the parrots maybe had two colors and then it was just green in the background just leaves <sighs> so what what makes what makes a good puzzle again let's go back to that okay what um, makes a puzzle that is enjoyable to you that is challenging but not overly challenging right. if you could design the perfect puzzle for you? Um, well, number one, it's got to have pieces that either only fit in one place or the design is a design that you know the pieces don't go in certain places. When you have the mix of both of a puzzle that the pieces can go anywhere and on top of that a design that's you know really complicated and has you know maybe limited colors or um or like the dog one i was just working on that had a whole section of black and all of those pieces could fit anywhere if you have them slightly off i guess i'm describing more of what i don't like (laughs) those those will drive a person crazy and never want to puzzle ever again. Hmm. And so I, I don't ever 
recommend those to people because they're I mean the only time I'll do those is if the image is so cool that I really want to glue it or hold on glue it what do you mean <laughs> sometimes I glue the puzzles with some puzzle glue or some um, Mod Podge paste because I am going to basically wallpaper the garage at my house with puzzles because um, I think it'll look cool and fun and it's a garage why not um, so uh, some people hang them up in their houses and maybe I'll do that with some some people frame them some people break their puzzles down still keeping them together but just the shape of the box so that at any point they can just put the puzzle back together um, and then I have I would say I don't know maybe a hundred puzzles that I've done that I just want to redo again because they're so fun so I undo them and put them back in the box and I redo them from time to time how many puzzles, I know that you collect puzzles, how many do you think that you have in your collection right now? And what constitutes a good puzzle collection, in your opinion? Um, um okay, what was the first part of the question? <clears throat> how many do you think you have in your collection? I think I probably have, I probably have 150, 200 maybe. I don't really know, I've never stopped to count. Um, and I have a whole stack in my collection right now that I'm planning on selling. Um, so I guess they're technically still in my collection because I haven't sold them yet. Um, so I don't know how to how to count those. Um, and then I have probably 70 that have already been glued, maybe. I don't I don't know. Um, maybe not that many. Um, what was the other question? Oh, what makes it good? Yeah, what constitutes? What um, I think for me, it's puzzles. Like I said, that I, well, I have a couple different types in my collection. I have ones that I just absolutely loved puzzling and I want to do again. I have ones that I have vintage puzzles that as much as I think they would look cool on the wall, I just, I don't know. I just can't, I can't glue them. It just hurts my heart to glue them. I want to be able to do them again. And I think they're just so cool in their boxes and knowing that I have them. And they're very, very special to my heart. And then I have like ones that people have given me that mean a lot to me. Um... Have you ever designed any puzzles? I have. I am actually working right now on a puzzle upstairs on the puzzle weasel. Um, Lindsay got me a puzzle easel a couple years ago, and we've named it the weasel. Mm -hmm. So it's puzzle weasel. Um, upstairs has one that has a marquee with my name on it that once I figure out what size and all that, it'll be released to the public and maybe maybe there are some of my fans that would also be interested in a puzzle maybe and then I have one that I'm working on that has Gus on it who you might hear snoring in the background from time to time that's just me 
I'm boring you, huh? No, I'm boring you with my horrible questions. Never. Um, let's see what else can... Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Do you have any auxiliary activities that you do while you're puzzling? Well, yes, I do. Um, you mean besides talk to you? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we hang out a lot while I'm puzzling, and we watch shows. Um, I... What shows do you watch? What are your, some of your favorite shows that you watch while you're puzzling? Currently... I'm watching Community, and I've recently started watching um, Love, because I liked the girl from Community so much, and what, oh, A Resident Alien, um, what else, we watch a lot of What's My Line on mm -hmm. YouTube, that's our favorite. Our current favorite. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I puzzle. Listen to audiobooks while I puzzle. Are there any pod... I mean, I know that there's podcasts about everything on the planet. Are there any puzzling podcasts? Um, I'm sure there are. I have never thought about that or looked into that. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> this one is not necessarily about puzzling... But it's what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. This I in the description, Lindsay. I didn't tell you, but the description of this podcast, I said it's nothing about something. <laughs> hmm. Well, I think it's something about everything. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Well, I have another puzzle question, and then I'll try to get all get some other questions in. But tell me the difference in terms of. Uh, wooden puzzles and cardboard puzzles and um, why you prefer one to the other, there's if you even, do. There's even uh, plastic puzzles. I haven't done a plastic puzzle yet, but I know they exist, and I would be interested to try them. Um, wooden puzzles, there are a couple different kinds. There's like really expensive kinds that are really super nice, and some of them are hand cut and like one of a kind have to get them from the maker type go to a puzzle show and you know or maybe buy some off of Etsy or something um those I'm I haven't done that echelon of puzzle and I'm sure they are ever mm -mm. I'm sure they are top-notch amazing cuz it's just like anything it's a you know one one-of-a-kind piece um, but I'm sure you're also paying for a one-of-a-kind piece of art basically it's not a uh, it's not just a something you pick up at Target or something like that no but you can do it over and over and you over can. and over yeah um, it's a piece of art that and a lot of times those um, well I don't know about the one-of-the-kind ones the the I would say like the step down from those are the companies. Uh, and I have done two, I've done a Liberty puzzle, which is a wooden puzzle, and I've done a Wentworth, which is um, another wooden puzzle. I think Wentworth is a little bit like a slight step down from Liberty, cause, but I don't really know. 
Um, I'm not an expert in the wooden puzzle. I would love to be because I think they're so beautiful. A lot of things that, or the big thing that makes them different is they have what's called whimsy pieces. Um, so they have pieces that are in shapes of characters or like um, if you're doing a, like if I was doing this puzzle as a wooden puzzle, maybe there would be um, a butterfly because there's butterflies and it. it would be a shape of a butterfly in the puzzle or a flower or a banana next to the monkey or, <laughs> you know, they're whimsical, which is how they got their name whimsies. Um, same I, piece I count? Same uh, piece count? Some of them do. Those get pricier and pricier um, because they're, you know, they're not just mass produced. So the the more pieces, the pricier with the wooden puzzles. So a lot of them tend to be smaller pieced. Also, they can be more challenging in some ways. You have to kind of look at the pieces differently. Um, they have, um, what was I thinking? Sorry. I'm, I'm, You're puzzling. I'm puzzling at the same time. Um, but I just found a piece that made me go, oh, there it is. <laughs> Um, they have, so a lot of times you have to look at it differently because of those whimsy pieces. You kind of have to get all the pieces that go around the whimsy together first, and then you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but then you would like pick that butterfly up and kind of drop it in place instead of putting the two pieces together and being done with it. It's, that makes sense. It's like four or five pieces that combine into one piece and then, ah, there's your... Right. You're finished. You see the outline of the banana or the butterfly or yeah, the dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're, they're, they're just a different feeling while you're puzzling. The first time you do it, um, you're just like ready to start with the edge like normal. And a lot of times you can't start with the edge or you'll, you'll be <laughs> stuck there forever. And it, it's just a new experience. That's fun. Um, I don't think I would always want to do wooden puzzles, but they are really fun. If I had, you know, endless amounts of money, I would definitely invest in um, at least a handful of them. I think they're beautiful. I think, you know, they are just so unique. And uh, they also, if you get ones that are cut with lasers, they smell good too, which is kind of a interesting thing to say about them <laughs> what are they what kind of wood are they made out of or are they different woods i don't i mean i don't know exactly i know that they have some i've done one that was a real cheap wooden puzzle um like i think i purchased it at like a walmart or a target or something like that it wasn't like a fancy it was all regular shaped puzzles and I want to say it was almost made out of like a balsa wood or something the oh. other ones are not they're made out of I don't know but it, it's it's much Sturdier. nicer yeah there's a French company that like theirs are hand cut still on a jigsaw they do maybe I don't know 10 puzzles at a time hand jigsaw their Instagram is really cool because you get to and who is it what's the name it? of it it's called Puzzle Michelle, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Something like that. I love to watch it. 
Um, I can put it in the... If we actually end up posting this, I'll put it in the description. The link. Because we're professionals. <laughs> oh, goodness. What did you have for breakfast today? I had a tortilla with butter. Very non-healthy breakfast. But I was feeling lazy. You made me a very good breakfast. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I hear some snoring over there. Mm -hmm. It's a puppy. Mm -hmm. It's Mr. Gus Gus. He doesn't like it when you puzzle. Sometimes he does not. It is true. Because he wants all the attention. It's true. He's a good boy. He could care less what I'm doing until I get the puzzle board out. And then he's got to try and sit on my lap (laughs) in between me and the puzzle board. Hmm. A little stinker. He's a big stinker. It's true. Poor little guy. Hurt his leg last night doing something until I had to hold him for a while and... I always feel bad for him, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh, Snuggles, he wants to be with his mama. He loves his mama. I love him. But he's a big boy now, and he likes to lay by himself a lot of the time. So I'll take it where I can get it. Hmm. Have you ever held him while you're puzzling? I have. Many times. It's a one-handed puzzle game, but um, it's worth it. I'll always hold him if he needs to be held. What did um, being in isolation during COVID do to your puzzling game? Did it improve it? (laughs) Did you puzzle at all? (laughs) I puzzled pretty much nonstop. I was also, you know, as you all know, wickedly sick. And so, for a long time, that's pretty much all I could do was puzzle. I went from the puzzle table to the couch, to the puzzle table, to the couch, to the puzzle. And then there was a time where I couldn't puzzle anymore, as I couldn't, like, I was, my stomach was so swollen, it was so painful to have, I couldn't sit, I could you know, and that was, oh, that was when I started to, like, lose hope, because, like, I can't even puzzle anymore. It was... It was hard times for a, a puzzle. They were bleak, I remember. They were. They were very bleak. And, uh, and the reason that I mentioned that is not to bring up bad memories, but to bring up the fact that puzzling really helped you through that time. Oh, it it totally really did. kept your mind occupied. And um, I don't know if that can help other people or it could be a, a clarion call for other people. Uh, I guess people that are listening to this podcast or this recording are going to uh, be aware of the um, of the healing powers of puzzling. I agree. They, I mean, or even if it's not puzzling, just something that's a hobby that you. I mean, I think there's something to finding new hobbies if you need new hobbies, but there is also something to having a hobby that's there for you when you need it. And um, you don't always know when you're going to need it. And having something to fall back onto, you know, even if it's just reading. I'm sure people that are avid readers also got (laughs) 
to, you know, read a ton. You know, I think having something there to distract you. Well, um, it goes beyond just a hobby, I think. You know, a hobby. It's self-care. It's, it's self-care, and I think that that's so important, especially something that you can do that improves your mind. It's not just mind-numbing sitting in front of a TV or drinking a beer or something like that. You're actually using parts of your brain that don't normally get used. And to me, that's what's so impressive about puzzling. Again, I admire people that puzzle. I wish that I had it within me to be calm enough and zen enough to be able to sit down and do exactly what you're doing right now, Reeve. And it, it, um, it amazes me. It truly amazes me to see these beautiful images just come to life right in front of my eyes after 20 minutes, 30 minutes, two days, two weeks. <laughs> it takes on a, an entire life of its own, and I really appreciate you bringing that into my life. Oh, you're a very sweet baby. Um, I, again, I'm going to stress though, I don't think that there's something I'm particularly doing that's, I just think it's the more time you sit with a puzzle, the better you get at puzzling. It's not, it's not a talent. It's just, um, I mean, I do think there is a talent to like speed puzzling, the competitive puzzling. That's not me. Like I am never going to be that type of puzzler my I enjoy the process I kind of like as soon as and you've seen me do this as soon as I finish a puzzle I tear it apart or I glue it and I'm on to the next one like the I the the joy is not finishing it the joy is the act of it is the piece by piece together um, well to me that's what separate that's exactly what I'm talking about that's what separates you from your average person that's doing it for who goal sets but i think there's something beautiful for people that are goal setting puzzles too i mean if you're wanting to get better at you know if competitive puzzling or you know competitive i don't know anything is your jam then you know if that's what gives you distraction and it's healthy for you then do it if it's something you obsess over and it affects you negatively then don't but um i know there are times when (laughs) my uh my bank account would suggest that puzzling can be negative for me i have to uh curb my spending habits with it and you know, all those puzzles I like to keep because I want to redo them, redo them. But, um, as long as I keep it in the, in the positive realm, I think it's a healthy habit. I think it's a very healthy habit. And I'm so glad that you introduced it into my life and into, uh, my consciousness. I hope that someday that I can, um, fall back on it and that you can teach me some of your techniques because I what because I think that it uh, could help me tremendously absolutely oh my goodness this gives me so much hope for our old I want to say old lady old man and lady future (laughs) we're gonna be puzzling up a storm That's exciting.
Do you know that they now make puzzles specifically for like dementia patients and like they're they're easier puzzles, kind of more like children's puzzles, like pictures that are going to help them um, strengthen their brain power and their memory. And I just thought that was so cool that they're making them specifically for that. Well, see, that's what I need to start on. No lie, no joke about that. That's what I need to start on because my memory is shot. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I mean, I did that 100-piece puzzle the other day and I enjoyed it. It's, you know, who cares if it's meant for six-year-olds? If you, you know, and it took me, what, all of 15 minutes. It was still an enjoyable 15 minutes and it used my brain. Right. It wasn't... Which is better than vegging out in front of a TV. Yeah. Which you can also do while you puzzle. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with vegging out in front of a TV if that's what, you know... I definitely use that, you know, like after a show or something like that. That's how I come down. It's like the easiest way for me to come down is to come down. I mean, come home, get in my pajamas, grab a drink. And I mean, like a Sprite or something. And I sit and I just watch. Usually it's a, it's a show that I've seen a million times. It's like coming home and just watching something familiar. And it helps me go... Okay, I'm home. It's done. There's you can decompress. That familiarity just helps me. I don't know. Come back to me, I guess. And the puzzling can help with that too. Hmm. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? We weren't supposed to talk about puzzling, but that's what we talked about. Because I think it's very interesting. In fact, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a fascinating insight into how your mind works. You recently founded a society called the Sad Song Society. Tell me a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably a member, but anybody could listen to it. So, um, yeah, it's a society, a Patreon society of folks that... Um, are supporting me and my art, um, my music specifically, and also my health um, as I struggle with many a health issue. And um, I just wanted a way to like talk about things that I was passionate about. And one of my most favorite things to talk about sad songs and people always think I'm joking or that it's you know like oh I'm just another female singer-songwriter that all she can write it about is um heartbreak but that's not what it is for me for me I find such beauty in not just me but songwriters or artists painters authors, whoever, finding a way to put their pain and heartbreak and um, anxiety, whatever it is, into something beautiful. And like this metamorphosis, did I say that right? Okay, metamorphosis that happens when you take that pain and turn it into something beautiful. Like it's more, it's like magic. It becomes something 
beautiful. It's literally changes. Like, I sound like a hippy-dippy granola, but um, I'm okay with it. It's, it's, it's just magical to me, and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to try and turn people that maybe in the past thought they didn't like sad songs into maybe saying... I don't hate sad songs. And those of us that already loved it, I wanted to give them a place to geek out about them. And um, and I thought this was a way I could connect with my fans a bit more on that. And just in general, it's not just about sad songs. We, um, I do other stuff too. I do live concerts online and um, send them things, which has been... Primarily, what I've been doing in the last. <laughs> few what do you months. What do you mean? Send them things. Uh, well, the welcome packets. I totally, totally thought that I would get maybe, like, if I was lucky, five patrons, and I've just been completely blessed and surprised with getting way more, and then had to fulfill all these um packets uh welcome packets for the for the patrons which i'm so excited to do i've got stickers and um well let me just stop you there i've never seen you so happy <laughs> it was it was amazing yeah not i mean yes it's amazing to know that so many people are digging your music and want to support you but what i meant was i've never seen you so happy in creating these welcome packets and then not only are you delighted in creating, physically creating every single packet, but then when the people would tell you that they received their packets, it was like Christmas morning it for was, you. It was, yeah. And Christmas morning is like my favorite day of the year. And it's not because I get to open up presents, it's because... I have spent like all year thinking about what I'm getting people and I just love to give gifts and I love to watch the people that I love open gifts and it just, it, yeah, it really was kind of the same feeling and very exciting. Well, it's one of the most selfless acts that I've ever seen. Well, you're very kind, but you are a crazy man and think everything I do is great. <laughs> well, truth hurts. And it's so not true. Um, but yeah, it has truly been a um, a wonderful experience, but also like, holy crap, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> when I was not, I was not used to working anymore. Um, not saying I was just, you know, lying around doing nothing. Um, little things were work to me um, for a long time. And so it kind of went from, zero to 60 really really I mean obviously that's what that means but it uh it just um my life kind of changed overnight from not having any not that I didn't have purpose but you know my purpose was all self-focused in health and being a dog mom and our relationship um, and then all of a sudden it went from that to, oh, and also creating content and also sending things out to these people that have 
been so generous to give you money and help support your medical bills and um you know it just uh support you morally they support me morally they i mean it's just it's been a wonderful switch it's just been kind of like you know a little bit of a um oh what's it's been kind of eye-opening for me i gotta tell you yeah. Yeah. It well, first of all, I love your music and I love your art. So I'm biased. I understand that. But to find out that there are other people whom I've never met, whom I probably will never meet, who have the same sort of feeling and put their money where their mouth is, that's impressive because you, you I rarely see that. Yeah. That's true, you know, and that's kind of what I was expecting. I was not expecting to, um, I don't know, just have, you know, like I know I had more than five fans and family and friends or whatever, but I, I was not expecting to have the um, reception that I, the early reaction or reception or whatever. It just is it mind blowing, and. Um, it definitely has, you know, I had last week, I, I kind of had a, um, whoop, did I just hit you? Oh, okay. I had a, um, I don't know, not like a meltdown, but like a, <sighs> like this, I was just not feeling motivated the whole week. And, um, not the whole week. Cause this, it was like after the concert last week, if you watched the concert, um, I had so many technical difficulties with the concert and the day before making the video and it just making a, um, it was the 10,000 or 10, a thousand years video. That's what I always call it. 10,000. Um, but I just felt very like not defeated, but I was just tired. I didn't want to talk about myself anymore. And I think that's that's gonna be part of the challenge for me is gonna be to continue to push myself to um, be vulnerable and um, I mean I think that's part of my brand right and I hate to say brand but I also being vulnerable I'm okay with that being part of my brand quote unquote brand you know. It's not like I'm saying <laughs> puzzles is part of my brand. Buy my puzzles. <laughs> I'm saying this I, is who I am. This is who I am. I want to continue to be vulnerable and be authentic. And well, I think um, that you just hit it. I've, all, it's authenticity is what it is. You're yeah. showing you're showing yourself in a 360 degree way, and you're not saying, "Oh, well, here I am, um, audience," and you only can see 10 percent of me. And I'll give you this 10%, but the other 90% I'm keeping for myself. Right. You're putting yourself out there 100% all the time. And that's got to be scary. I don't know how you do it. It is scary sometimes. And um, to be truthful, I mean, like, there's times where I just want to say, screw it all. And run away and hide and not be vulnerable anymore and not... Um, be in front of people because I, I didn't get into this career to be in front of people. I don't really 
enjoy that. That's not... It chose you. (laughs) Exactly. And I have to, you know, there are times when I don't want it. And at the same time, though, I mean, I, I came so close to quitting so many times. But if I learned anything from COVID and being sick and this heart condition and the car accident and my surgery and being depressed and just like this on and on and on health crises and then forced to be not on stage for close to three years. Um, the few times that I have been on stage since I am aware now and I don't take for granted the beautiful connection that you can have with people and that's what makes it worthwhile to me now it's not I don't I'm not looking for applause which I never was I wanted to just get off stage as fast as I could I wanted to sing I wanted to perform with the musicians make music work in a studio write songs but I never really wanted to be on stage now I I have a sense of community when I'm on stage that I can well you're a vessel that's where you belong that's where you belong I never saw that before I never like it just felt like I felt like I was faking it and I felt like I was out of place but it was ever since um it was my first time back on stage uh I was still wearing the vest the defibrillator and I sang at the Beatles tribute not not this year, but last year. The reception from the audience, which again, it wasn't about the applause. It was the tears I saw in people's eyes. And I know, like, the song that I chose was like, I chose an easy song that wasn't super, you know, because I wasn't vocally there yet like I was really weak I don't know if you remember but like I was barely making sounds still I you know it was it was they were teary-eyed not because of some amazing performance I did but because they were with me like they were like they were with I almost wasn't here to do this and this is an amazing opportunity and they were with me and it just was this beautiful connection that I had with this room full of people who they all were experiencing it in their own way too because we all had just been through COVID I had just had this other thing on top of it um and I don't know it just that was like now going forward I'm always thinking like I don't know if I ever want to do gigs that don't have moments like that at least the possibility for moments like that. Like, I don't think I want to do gigs where I just am in a corner playing covers for money. Cause that's all that was to me. I just did it for money. And it wasn't like, Hey, I'm raking in the Benjamins. It was no, I'm trying to pay rent. <laughs> like I am so grateful to the patrons that they are able to help me not do that and concentrate on providing content and whether it's live on a stage or this podcast that's authentic to me and feels real 
and that I can connect with people and not just be belting out tunes just to have tips thrown in a jar where it feels like I just feel like a jukebox and I don't know who knows there may come a day that I have to go back to that um, right now I'm just super grateful that I am able to not have to do that and enjoy the community that I have surrounding me and uh, I'm just yeah I can't say it enough super grateful well, it comes out in your art, your 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 gratefulness and your um your art reflects your spirit and your spirit is um is very pure. Hmm. And it reflects in your art. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? We've talked for almost an hour. Goodness, we were worried we wouldn't make fifteen minutes. Hmm. Um I think I just want to ask you a question. Oh, dear. Yep. So, Lindsay here, my love of life, Lindsay Planer, a.k.a. Linz, he used to tour around with the Grateful Dead. I know this because you've told me, but I want you to tell the folks why you chose. I mean, like, Lindsay was in high school when he started following them. And he gave up his prom. Where you, you didn't go to graduation, right? You like all this stuff that you gave up that were, you know, like tell the tell the people why, because it wasn't just the music, right? There was something more, and I think it's a really beautiful thing that speaks a lot with what I'm trying to do too, with community and authenticity. Well, there have been books and movies and stage plays written about the the deadhead experience. Mm -hmm. I won't go into that. I will say that it is a community who is bound by the sound. They are connected by the music. And for me, it's specifically about Jerry Garcia. It really doesn't have to do with the other guys. I mean, they're there, but I would follow the Jerry Garcia. I would have followed the Jerry Garcia band around, which I did sometimes. Right. Um, so let's get that straight from from the outset. Um, the, I don't know. It, it's an intangible uh, that make that made me do that. It was a sense of community, uh, a sense of finding my people, mm-hmm. and finding um, people that were like me, that dressed like me, that talked like me, that looked like me, that enjoyed the same sort of recreational activities that I enjoyed. In in, in addition to the music. Um, I was very blessed that the band toured, uh, incessantly when I was coming of age and able to, uh, as a young person, and by young, I mean 14, 15, 16, up through about 26 years old, able to, uh, follow them. And, um, I wanted to be able to support myself because my parents certainly weren't going to support my uh, going to see the Grateful Dead, who they, <clears throat> I believe, thought it was either a, a religious type of cult <laughs> situation or th- they just really weren't sure until I took them backstage 
1989 and showed them what it was like and what the situation really was and that it was part P.T. Barnum and part rock and roll. And then they said, oh, 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 okay, I get it now. You know, I used to sell tie-dyed t-shirts in the parking lots. I would spend about two weeks ahead of the summer tour um, in my backyard making the t-shirts, tie-dyeing them, putting them on the, on the line in 90-degree heat. Every day I'd get up about 6 o'clock with the sun, make sure that the dye was set, um, make sure that the dyes were, were um, keeping is what they call it uh, so that they don't run when somebody purchases a t-shirt and then there's a certain technique that you uh, do to make sure that they keep. But anyway, I used to do that and my dad was impressed. He was impressed that I was coming home with hundreds and hundreds of dollars from selling my wares yeah. in, in the, it wasn't having to come to him for money. In fact, I was probably making more money at my age than he did at his age. Um, and uh, that impressed him. That put me uh, in the situation that I wanted to be in, to be able to go see the band and to be able to go hear the band as often as I wanted to. And uh, I would go for the first couple of days. I would rent a car, get to the first couple of shows, after I sold out of my t-shirts, I was taking, um, yeah, you flew, right? I would take, yeah, I would fly to the next concert and, uh, <laughs> I miss that. I really miss that. I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I took the advantage of the situation while I could, because when Jerry died, uh, in August of 1995, all that changed mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to recreate that. I understand that with Dead and Company that there are some younger folks that are trying to recreate the um, that vibe, and I, I wish them the best of luck. Uh, but it's a young person's game. I, I couldn't do it these days because I have health issues. And it really hasn't felt the same to you. No. Right? Without yeah. Jerry there, there's, there's no there there. Yeah. So. I just think it's really, I think, you know... From what I've heard you talk about, that so much of what drew you and those people together was that sense of sameness, like you were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, it was the sense of community, a sense of belonging. Again, the Grateful Dead experience is more of an experience of humanity and of community than it is of music. Because mm -hmm. the music will come and go. It'll start and stop. It uh, will be good. It'll be brilliant one minute, and then it'll suck the next minute. Oh my God! The Dead could be the the Grateful Dead could be the worst band on the planet sometimes. No comment. Well, <laughs> you know it's the truth. They could. No, I know. They you, could be out of tune. I, they yeah. could be. Uh, the songs could be. Jerry could forget the words. The songs could be out of tune. The harmonies could be bad. Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, they were not the best band on the planet. Right. But when they were, nobody could touch them. Still, nobody can touch them. And they haven't performed. I mean, Jerry's been dead for since 95. And I go back and I listen to these old concerts. And it's like receiving a postcard from an old friend or something like that. Or looking through an old photo album. You know, you see all the flaws and you say, oh my God, I can't believe I did my hair like that. 
<laughs> or what the hell was I wearing? But it doesn't matter because all in all, it was all about the experience and nobody can take that away from me. Yeah. And you just finished the border. Well, I got one piece that I have not, I think it, maybe it goes here. I haven't figured out where this one piece goes. Yeah, it goes there. There's the border. Hot diggity dog. Okay. We're at 59.56. All right. Well, thank you. For yeah. So apparently I can only record for 60 minutes at a time. And I've edited some of this down, so it's no longer 60 minutes, but I did want to come back and finish out at least the two words thank you <laughs> that I was about to say in our pod first podcast. Yeah, so again, let me know what you think about it. Um, and if you also finished the edge of your puzzle, or maybe did more, I would love to know that. Share pictures. I'm going to be posting pictures of the one I'm working on on the Sad Song Society Instagram page. If you're a member and you're not already following it, it's at the Sad Song Society. Just ask to uh, follow or be a friend or whatever it's called, and I will um, let you in as long as you're a member. Um, and if you're not a member of the Sad Song Society and you're interested in joining or just interested in learning more about it, you can go to www.patreon.com backslash Reeve Cobes. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon. And then my name is super confusing to some people, R-E-E-V-E-C-O-O. B as in boy, S as in Sam. Yes, it looks like Coops, but it sounds like Coops. All right, folks. Maybe we'll see you again. We'll see. All right. Much love. Bye. Give me all the sad songs.